the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Smooth like butter, sweet like honey. Looks so good like she made of money. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to Hour 2 on this Friday Eve edition of tonight's Andrea K. Show. Last hour we talked about, just to catch y'all up, we've already talked about the Mayorkas border hearing, today's uh, transgender hearings, and I've got some emails to catch up on to share with you guys. Don't forget that you can always be a part of the show. 888-344-1170 is our live call-in number. We've got a 24-hour hotline available f- for y'all as well. 844 844- 844-5227, 844-814-5227. That's our 24-hour hotline. Topic ideas, suggestions, anything you want to rant about, you want to call anonymously, do that there. AndreaKayshow.com, AndreaKayshow.com for emails. And I've got some to read to y'all later. But now I want to get to a friend of mine and get his take on, on the economy, 2024. He's been on once before. I met him over at One America News. He's the producer of Tipping Point, And y'all know what a great show that is. That is, he's also a podcaster over at OANN. It is Riley McBride, and he joins me now. Hey, Riley. Hey, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Thanks for being here tonight. Oh, absolutely. I'm happy to be here. Well, first of all, how you beating the heat, man? Because it's hot inland. I mean, every day I'm seeing horror stories of hikers dying out from Rancho Bernardo, out to East County. How you staying cool, man? Uh, trying to stay in the shade as much as possible and going to the beach a lot to cool down. Well, very good. Excellent choice. Um, okay, so where do we begin? Let's start with 2024 because I'm, I was saying at the top of the show, uh, you know, Riley, I've been starting every day with the latest updates on the Biden crime family. The whistleblowers on that, the weaponization of the deep state and how they're trying to take out Trump. And then today, right before the show, uh, right before I went live, there was more piling on uh, more charges in the the documents case, uh, the document dispute case. They're now they're trying to add on charges against some little worker bee there who moves some boxes around. I mean, I feel like it's almost jumped the shark at this point. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. And I do want to be clear here. The process is the punishment. This is not about the law or upholding it. This is not about the fact that Donald Trump declassified documents or did not when he was president and had constitutional authority to do so. This is about retribution. This is about payback. This is about keeping him out of the Oval Office and really keeping his voters from allowing their, you know, really to have a free and a fair election. This is it's no surprise that this is all coming right now, just as the race is beginning to heat up. We're talking about debates going forward. Hunter Biden is in inc- a lot of hot water, an incredible amount, um, and unexpectedly pleaded not guilty when his plea deal fell apart. So 
it's really clear that this is payback. This is retribution. This is a, a personal, political, petty spat um, between the party in power and the opposition. I, I absolutely agree. I mean, what they're hoping to do is they're hoping to wear him down. They're hoping that by, I think, one of the reasons why, well, first of all, I think the reason why they announced this today uh, was because of the the plea deal blowing up like, you know, um, getting blown like like a dime bag of Coke, wink, wink, um, <laughs> yesterday. And so I know let's distract from, you know, the, the what, what the DOJ tried to do yesterday, which was uh, given not just a slap on the wrist for the tax evasion and the gu- evasion and the gun charges, but to also give him immunity for everything going forward and to try to change the subject. They piled on additional charges today, but I think they were going to pile on. I think they were going to add additional charges in the document case because what they're trying to do is a few things they're trying to obviously control the outcome of the elections they want to keep him so tied up in court that you know he's not going to be able to effectively campaign they want to start beating up on everybody around him everybody is associated with to try to get people to flip on him um, they're also put by doing that I think they're trying to make it worse for him to keep good attorneys um, so I think there's all of that going on. Uh, At the same time, we see Governor DeSantis, uh, Trump sent out, the Trump team sent out an email yesterday or the day before saying that DeSantis, the headline of the the letter they sent out said the DeSantis team is colluding with the deep state and these and being weaponized against Donald Trump with these lawsuits. That's not what the email said. I think the email accurately said in the body of the document that what the DeSantis team is trying to do is benefit from all these these lawsuits and all these indictments. That's why they're hoping that Donald Trump is going to be taken out so that they can step into first place. The problem with that for the DeSantis team, in my opinion, Riley, is that I think it explains why DeSantis has not been full-throated and how evil this weaponized DOJ is. And I think that's one of the reasons why his campaign isn't, is, isn't really taking off. What do you think? Oh, I think that's absolutely correct. And it's very scary because I I think he's missing the bigger picture here a little bit. If the DOJ, if this top law enforcement entity in the United States of America, this glorious kingdom that God blesses, if the DOJ here can openly target somebody and create bogus investigations to drain their resources and to intimidate them, if they can do that to Trump, They will do the same thing to DeSantis if he's ever in the position that threatens them. They'll do the same thing to Vivek. They'll do the same thing to anybody who stands in their way. That is the big picture. So we need to be standing with Donald Trump right now, regardless of who you want to be the nominee, because this is not just an attack on him personally, although that's already problematic. They're already going after him, and it's baseless. And that is a problem from the get-go. On top of that, though, this is a complete undermining of everything that we stand for, everything that the Constitution says, everything that the Founding Fathers fought for, and everything that I want to see return to Washington. This is the unchecked, unhinged swamp in full force, and it needs to stop. Absolutely. And I think I think the fact that Ron DeSantis, I want to play this clip for you because I think this is DeSantis at its best. And I want to play this clip for you and get your response. Uh, uh, um, and, and I think it's a glimpse of 
what Ron DeSantis has been wasting, which is I think he misread the room here. I think that he has made a lot of mistakes. He should not have gone jumped in in the first place. Then he made a lot of mistakes in the campaign, uh, and and he's really gone. He's he's really hurt himself. And but I, I I was but this is this is DeSantis at his best. Let's play that, and then we'll go from there. Clip three. Were there beneficial aspects to slavery? That's not what the curriculum says. What, what do you think? What the curric? No, there's no. It's not. And the curriculum is very clear. You have, I think it's like 200 plus pages of all kinds of stuff that you can't read that. Have you read it? So what's your opinion? Have you read it? What's you your, re- I'm you asking have, your opinion. But, but you haven't read it, so I'm just, just making that clear. That makes it very clear about the injustices of slavery in vivid detail. So anyone that actually read that and then listens to Kamala would know that she's lying. And that particular provision about the skills... That was in spite of slavery, not because of. The AP course has made that same point. Other courses have made that same point. Nobody said anything um, about that. And Dr. Allen and those people will say, look, this is what was used post-bellum when these folks were doing stuff. So that was very, very clear. And I would just say, you know, people can, can read it. But but they did a very good job on it. Yeah, let's end can... that there. Um, uh, I, I think that's DeSantis at, its be- at his best. And I see that, Riley McBride, and I think... What tremendous potential he has, and if he had just waited, if he had just not thrown his hat in the ring for president now, if he had been willing to be VP or been willing to be be AG for Trump, uh, man, would we be looking better. Your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. And I I like that he's able to clearly express his ideas. He's able to push back on, on people who don't understand what's actually going on, people that fall for the clickbait headlines that are constantly put out by the mainstream media because they're deceptive and it's built on lies. And I really do appreciate that. And I agree with you 100 percent because this was maybe a case of opportunism. Maybe he's eager. Maybe this was really just a tone deaf decision. Maybe he got some bad advice from a campaign advisor. I don't know. There are a lot of different factors, but I don't think that jumping in now was the right time. I think what he should be doing, I would even love to see him sort of back out now curiously and say, I'm throwing my support and my weight behind Donald J. Trump. I would have a lot of respect for a decision like that. It's okay. We all make mistakes. It's all right. Maybe this was a miscalculation, but I really don't see a future for him in 2024 right now in this lane he's trying to to run in. And I think that he might even be costing himself a future electoral victory, maybe at the presidential level. So I'm not sure if it's bad advice or bad intel or just a bad gut decision, but um, I I really don't I don't see how this is going to go for him because. We've seen him at peak DeSantis, and at peak DeSantis, he's pretty popular, and he's doing well as a governor in Florida, but Trump has been president before. We know what that looks like. Mm -hmm. We know that he's going to fight, and we know right now that he's fighting as hard as he possibly can, and he needs our help. So I think the smarter thing would have been to do, you know, to, to back Trump openly and say explicitly, the DOJ has been weaponized. We, we have to make sure that we stand by this man of the people, this true patriot. We need to unite behind this candidate in the next mm-hmm. election because we cannot afford four more years of Joe Biden. We uh- can't. He Abs- simply cannot. Right. Absolutely not. And when I hear his passion there and his anger when somebody is like spewing lies, I think right on, man. 
Um, that And he is at his best when he's countering somebody quickly like that. Just being out, retail politics is in his game. And had he been smarter, I mean, and read the room. I mean, you know, Trump's is Trump support uh, in the 90s like it was with Republicans? No, but it's still solidly 30 points higher than anybody else. The play is to get on that team. And if you're going to run against him, don't attack him. Uh, just and, and in fact, he could be attacking in the same with the same passion that he did that reporter. He could be attacking what's going on with the deep state and then just say, I think I'm the better person to handle that when, when I get into office. So, you know, I think it's just missteps all the way around. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you're right. I think that that I think he's got the the time. The, the, the timing is right for him to back out now. And there's a way to do it gracefully. There's a way to chew a pine cone, mm-hmm. as we say in, in my former sales days, where you admit a wrong and, you know, you're you know, you chew that pine cone. Uh, Riley McBride, can you stick around for another segment? Oh, absolutely. OK, great, because I want to talk economy with you. So Riley McBride's going to stick with us, and we're going to talk a little, a, a little numbers, a little economic news, which also includes a little story about going woke and you go broke. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Continuing our discussion with our friend Riley McBride, who's a podcaster at OANN, producer over at Tipping Point. And uh, when you're a producer over there at OAN, and particularly for Tipping Point, you kind of know what's going on with pretty much every topic that there is, whether it's because I have had the honor of filling in for uh, Kara McKinney over there. And um, these this team over there knows, really, you pick the topic and they know it inside and out. So we're shifting gears now. I'm going to talk about the economy with Riley McBride. And uh, hey, Riley, um, I, I don't know. Have, how long have you been in San Diego? Did we lose Riley? I don't know. Where'd Riley? Uh, I've, been in, I've been in San Diego my whole life. I'm sorry about that. I think I had a connection issue. But yeah, I've been in San Diego my whole life, uh, 26 years. Okay, so you've seen, for, for 26 years, okay, so you've seen the economy go from booming in San Diego. You've seen... You've seen you get the depths of the issues with going on economically in this country, and particularly in San Diego is one of the hardest hit areas. Uh, it's so unaffordable. There's a story out today that, oh, new affordable housing in North County. They've got 100 new, uh, quote, affordable homes for low-income people. Uh, it, it, it mo- Almost nobody can afford, particularly in your generation, to buy a home here. And you know what? It's not, uh, not a whole lot better around the rest of the country. And then we got $5 a gallon of gas. I I, I, with my Vons Club, it went from five twenty nine a gallon to five dollars a gallon of gas the other day. So woohoo! Um, I paid uh, like seven dollars a carton of eggs. I mean, it's like outrageous what's going on mm-hmm. it, it, economically across the country, especially here in Southern California. Your thoughts? It is so frustrating to hear people talk about how great Bidenomics is, <laughs> and it's so frustrating to hear people talk about how strong and resilient this economy is. And the Fed wants you not to panic, but also they're going to raise interest rates again uh, for well over a year now to make it a 22-year high. And inflation is the second highest in this county, I believe San Diego County, 
uh, of all the counties in the entire country. Uh, the real estate market is is so unbelievably messed up here, um, and it's it's bound to pop. And I'm not really sure because there's an entire generation, at least one generation of people, that can barely afford to feed themselves. They're thinking about, should I get married? What am I going to do for my career? Can I afford property? Do I want to have a family? I've got rent and medical bills and groceries and car payments. And it's all, you know, an, an additional cost because it's in San Diego as opposed to Bakersfield or a different state outside of California. So, yeah, it's incredibly frustrating to watch people say the economy is great on TV. And I, I understand it because Gavin Newsom isn't personally feeling it. And neither is the, the mayor of San Diego, Todd Gloria. They're taken care of. The go- whenever, whenever times get tough, the government is taken care of. But the little guy, little people who are just regular working class individuals, we get squeezed and we get squeezed hard because taxes and inflation eat into our savings and make it impossible to prepare for the future. Yeah, Riley, producer Noah here, and you know I'm often reminded of Jerry Maguire, the quote, show me the money, but you can't do that in Bidenomics because it doesn't exist. You don't have any money. <laughs> well, no, and it's, it's, it's interesting because this government is happy to send money to Ukraine to bankroll their economy <laughs> yeah. while our economy completely falls apart. And it's particularly interesting because California's grand solution to every problem is to just throw more money at the issue, whether it's homelessness, whether it's drugs, no matter what it is, they want to throw cash at the problem in hopes that it goes away. But they, they fail to understand that that cash comes from us. The government doesn't produce anything. Every single government program is 100% funded by the taxpayer. Well, and it's funny. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's one of these economic lessons that that Americans aren't taught today. You know, they're raising a generation of people. God bless you for being 26 and not being a little socialist soldier stooge for the state. Right. Because, you know, we're teaching kids that uh, corporate, you know, uh, corporations are bad. Business owners are evil. Socialism is great. Instead of being taught, you know, uh, they, they think the answer to everything is the government. And it's not. And COVID should have been a lesson in that they told people because of a virus you can't go to work you can't open your business what the government's going to pay you to stay at home well with what right and then and then the state of california i think 60 percent of small businesses in chula vista went under many of them my minority owned right and you know uh, uh the solution after they created the problem of shutting down businesses up and down the state was to you know send checks from the treasury and then they printed money right and 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 now we've got inflation which is a silent tax Oh, absolutely. It's hurt everybody's purchasing power. And it's, it's funny because my brother's a business owner. I watched him grind without a, without a college you know, degree or anything fancy, without coming from a family of money. Just a lot of hard work, direction, ambition, motivation, fiscal discipline, something the government needs to start practicing. Because eventually, this, this, is, this horror movie, it leads to hyperinflation. Mm-hmm. It leads to pricing people out of the American dream. The vast majority of people in this country who have financial wealth are self-made. Yes. That's all I want. I want an opportunity to go out there to create a business, to create a product or a service or offer some good to people, put it out there in the marketplace, make an honest living, work long days and really give myself to my career so that way I can provide for a family. I can have a homestead. I can have a little piece of property that I get to call mine. That's all. 
Yeah, and that that always was the American dream, and it but it included hard work, right? Uh, and all and all you were supposed to be guaranteed by the United States of America was opportunity. You had to work for it, and if you worked hard enough for it, you could earn it uh, because because the government was supposed to to be out of our lives. It wasn't supposed to be so heavy over us with taxation and regulation uh, that you that you weren't able to keep any of the money that you made, whether it's re- regulation in the form of telling you who you have to hire, what you have to pay them mm-hmm. to, you know, wh- because of a virus, you can't, you can't, uh, you know, open your doors, right? We also have, and I've only got two minutes left, but I heard an interesting stat the other day that um, in April uh, of 23, um, bosses fired 27% of Gen Z workers within a month because Gen wow. Z, Gen Z, they don't want to work. We ha- so we have a cultural problem as well, which uh, which contributes to our economic de- de- demise. Speak to that in the minute we have left. Oh, absolutely. You, you see it around San Diego, and it's really a, it's like watching the middle class voluntarily just give up. It, it, this is these are our future citizens. These kids that are Gen Z. These are the people who are supposed to be running the country. The people who are supposed to be taking over industries. I, I would have loved it if I could have taken over the family business and had something to hand down mm-hmm. to my next generation and say, "This is what keeps our family going, and this is the backbone of America and San Diego." The small business owner. So I'm hoping that. Maybe we come to our senses because eventually, if we don't, we will be in for a very rude awakening. How can people follow you? Uh, They can follow me on Twitter at Riley underscore McBride underscore. All right. Thank you for being here, my friend. Appreciate you. Great insight from a 26-year-old. Thank you very much. All right. Um, Katie's on the line. Do we have time to? We're going to take a break. We come back. We'll go to the phone. So stay, stay tight, callers. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's show. I actually really wish I had a donut right now. I am, I'm just dreaming right now of a vanilla cream from Sunny Donuts. All right, we're going to go to the phones. Katie's been waiting patiently on the line. Uh, she's from San Diego. She wants to talk about Dems profiling people. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Hi, I love your show, and thank you, thank you so much, and I don't mind waiting. Um, it's always interesting. Um, well, one of the things that your guest, you know, when he was talking about all the benefits in California and, you know, just Newsom just mishandles anything, um, you know, give him two socks, he'll mismatch them. So he made a debacle. But, you know, for all the goodies that they've been given out during the pandemic, it seems this is a real ugly truth, and people don't like it, but... I'm older, I'm retired, I'm on the poverty line from a devastating divorce with a gummy ex-husband. I've tried to, um, I've been profiled, nobody wants me, even with little part-time work. Because of the kids, all the little smarmy kids, the Gen Z's are running everything, even whether it's a Target and HR, a little Mm 24-year-old. I look like their mother, so they don't want to hire me. I didn't get anything with unemployment. And disability, I've had lupus and a plethora of other issues. I try to take very good care of myself because there's nobody for me, and I know that. So I take responsibility, which makes me out of step and kind of odd. Um, I don't victimize myself, but I have a lot of health issues. I just don't want to be a victim and tell everybody. I have health issues, too. (laughs) It doesn't do any good to talk about your pain all the time because that 
that actually could make it worse. Right. And nobody wants to know you. So here comes the thundercloud. So I don't ever say it. People go, oh, you're remarkable. And I'm thinking, really? And are you an x-ray machine? Can you see what my spine looks like? No. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bitter because of the stupidity of the common man. It's like, really? I'm going to go home and talk to my dog. Right. I'll have a better <laughs> that's how I am. I'll just go home and talk to Gator. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, the, that's you know, I feel blessed that I got my, my gig here. Um, but I got to tell you, Katie, I've, I've had thoughts where it's like, if I were to leave radio... Who would hire me? Because I'd have to change my name and come up with some other name and like fake a resume. Because if anybody saw me on, uh, you know, my stuff online, I don't know how I would get a job. And no, because it is too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's I how it is. I never got disability too. They wouldn't qualify me. I qualified medically and they still wouldn't. And, you know, I was like, okay, fine. I'll find a better way. And honestly, I'm going to tell you, and hopefully listeners, it was like this when I graduated high school, and I'm not young. So in the early 80s, I was discriminated against. I made the dean's list, and I lived on my own. I worked in a factory. My parents did not help me. If anything, they were kind of sabotaging without knowing it. I worked in a factory. I lived in a studio apartment on my own in the East Coast where, the, where school tuition's always been high. And... Um, I got laid off, so I saw that as an opportunity to collect unemployment, and I did, and I went to school full-time. I got great grades in college. I didn't really care in high school because I was too immature, and I qualified for scholarships. When they found out I was white, and I don't care if this ticks off somebody because it's the truth. I'm five foot one, too. It ticks me off that I'm not five foot five, but I'm not going to lie. So I was discriminated <laughs> against because I'm white. They even said it. Same thing happened to me. I was a political science major. I wanted at that point, I wanted to go to law school, be a prosecutor. My mother was working at the U.S. Attorney's Office in New Orleans, and she also knew people, a lot of the, all the, all these state, local, and fed offices down there in New Orleans. They all knew each other. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so she, you know, asked around at all the different offices down there who, you know, who was hiring for the summer. And they said, none of the summer jobs go to the white kids. The summer jobs go to, go to the black kids. So I got a job selling timeshare. I mean, it is what it is. I, you know, I've told this story many times. Going back and then, you know, launching my sales career in the, in the nineties, um, you know, uh, they, we had a saying at Xerox, which was, you know, um, you know, what's, uh, what's an endangered species? The, you know, white Anglo male in corporate America at Xerox at the time. So this has been brewing for a while, even before cancel culture, before, you know, you know, the social media, this has been brewing a long time. You're absolutely right. Public Square, I, I, I don't know. I, I'd love to help you. I think that what we all have to do as conservatives is we all have to be networking together. I would suggest mm-hmm. that you um, go look at, have you joined Public Squared? Have you downloaded their app? No, no, I'm just finding out about them, but I couldn't agree with you more. One thing Republicans do is they mistake being a loner and isolated mm-hmm. and everybody else go to heck. And they do some of this as a mind twin, too. I always say Democrats get crazy if you're not a Siamese brain mind twin. You know, right. oh, my God, you, you breathe out of sync for me? Oh, you're my mortal enemy. Kill you like an antibody with an antigen. So they go crazy. But I see a lot of, and now I'm going to profile them once again. I hope you forgive me. I don't care. <laughs> because a lot of older, middle-aged Republican men have that. Oh, you don't think like me? I'm like, well, first of all, I'm not your divorced wife, so don't don't put me in that basket. And second of all, 
you you're the isolationist. I had that conversation online with somebody that I used to know, like on Instagram, and we were talking about conservative stuff. He was from Arizona. He was a veteran. God bless him from Vietnam. And I said, well, this is a different world. I said, if they really wanted to take you out, they'll take you out with a drone and set your house in Arizona on fire. They're not going to, you're going to have all your ammunition in your little Arizona basement or attic and your old weapons, but that's not the way it's going down. And people don't band together. Oh, you don't no. I'm on my, I'm on my ranch. I'm good on my own. I don't Well, need well, we need to rant, ban, rant, rally together. Public Square started yeah. here in San Diego. They are now nationwide. They just went public, actually, on the New York Stock Exchange. And that's a great place to go to, to uh, find companies that advertise, that are conservative companies. Many of them post jobs there. Um, I also am really good friends with president of a company called Band of Hands, which is a company that uh, does uh, that is a that is a tech company that's a platform for hiring and helping conservative companies hire people and helping them deal with their HR. So I would definitely recommend anybody oh. listening. Yeah. So in fact, if you want to stay on the line um, yeah. and get your your contact information. Um, give that to producer Noah, then I can connect you, um, with, um, my friends at Band of Hands and, uh, and then also get you the information for Public Square. I would love that. Thank you so much. And I'm going to download the Public Square. Yeah, download that app right now. And then I will personally connect you to Band of Hands. Um, so give your, stay, stay on the line and, uh, Noah's going to get your contact information. Thanks for calling in, Katie. Thank you, Andrew. Take it easy. Okay. Um, we, you know, Katie is so right. I'm so glad she called in because, you know, we are being profiled. Uh, the Dems, the Dems are so in control of, and, and a lot of that has to do, by the way, in terms of hiring. It's, it, she's right about the Gen Z, uh, running these HR departments and stuff, but a, a, also a huge part of it has to do with ESG scores, right? Uh, how companies, uh, their, their standard and poor's, their Moody's ratings, uh, their ability to, you know, financial, the, the stuff that goes on with corporations financially is all tied to ESG scores now, right? The environment, social governance, um, uh, the, the environment, social justice and governance, and also their DEI, diversity and equity inclusion stuff. The left, you gotta remember how the left was so upset when the Supreme Court overturned the affirmative action in schools. And, uh, we need to also overturn the affirmative action going on in corporations and in hiring because they are using that. They, they are discriminating against um, you know, people on the basis of color, just like, uh, Harvard was. They're discriminating against white people, discriminating against, uh, people politically. And in fact, we really need, uh, a protected class, which is in this country that you can't, you know, use, uh, politics as a reason to not hire somebody. Because that's partly of what is happening in this country. Um, Speaking of, here's a good news story of corporations, though. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh. I should be sad that hundreds of Bud Light employees or Anheuser-Busch, Anheuser-Busch, Anheuser-Busch workers are being laid off. It's about 2% of the U.S. workforce. Um, The workforce makes up about 19,000 employees. And according to its website, about 380 workers are going to be impacted. And this is clearly as a result of um, what happened with the Dylan Mulvaney marketing ploy. 
And while I should be, uh, you know, feel bad for that, I, th- I do feel bad for the employees for an extent, to an extent, because how many of their workers were happy with Dylan Mulvaney? How many of the workers, a little communist, thinking how much the hating corporate America, hating conservatives, hating MAGA, and were happy for the Dylan Mulvaney and happy to usher in socialism in this country and communism? Here is what happens when you do. Politics is downstream from culture. What's gone on with the LBGT in our in our workforce is a communist movement. We're going to continue the discussion. We come back from the break. Don't go away. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Just quickly to wrap up the story about Bud Light. I think the takeaway from us should be the power that we have. You know, the the left has been able to, in so many variety of ways, whether it's the shutdowns during COVID, whether it's the cancel culture, getting people fired, uh, whether it was the, uh, the, the mandates of the shots. I mean, there's just so many different ways that the left has been lording over us tyrannically. And this is the, the Bud Light story of them having to lay off hundreds of people just goes to show that we have power, just like the skyrocketing of the song. Not in, a, not in a small town with Jason Aldean within days goes to show the power that we have. We are not the fringe in this country. The fringe are the people that want to mutilate children. The fringe are the people that, that, <laughs> that say comments like this. This is the UN chief. <laughs> the fringe is like Hillary Clinton saying, if you're hot right now in the summer, blame the summer on MAGA, right? And right on the heels of that, sounding equally hysterical and straight-up lunatic, is the U.N. chief uh, claiming that uh, we've gone from global warming to global boiling. (laughs) Clip four. And for scientists, it is unequivocal. Mm -hmm. Humans are to blame. Mm -hmm. All this is entirely consistent with predictions and repeated warnings. The only surprise is the speed of the change. Climate change is here. It is terrifying, and it is just the beginning. <laughs> the era of global warming has ended. The era, the era of global boiling has arrived. Get him out of the here! The air is unbreathable. The- <laughs> is this a skit? Action is unacceptable. Leaders must lead. <laughs> the spit... <laughs> Am I losing it? <laughs> this is like I'm sorry for for like losing it on y'all, but it's like the era of global warming has ended. The era of global bullying is here. Jeez, oh, it's called summer, but but if you think that is is lunatical. Uh, here comes Joe and Biden. For scientists, it yeah. is unequivocal. <laughs> that he needs to he needs to be the voiceover actor and like a, the next James Bond movie. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. Don't give them ideas. 
starring the actor who played Duke Hastings in Bridgerton. Okay, but we have a solution to the era of global boiling. Enter Joe Biden, clip five. For example, we should, uh, in the international effort, we've, we've got a commitment to, you know, plant a billion trees over the next several years worldwide. I mean, there's a reason why. Anyway, you guys get it. And, uh, but we got to get through this crisis in the, in the near term, and we got to pe- keep people safe. And I really appreciate people. Oh, we get it, Joe. Yeah. If you don't get it. We're going to plant a billion trees worldwide. There ain't enough land anywhere to build. The, the U.S. taxpayers are going to do what? Welcome to the United Forest of America. Yeah. <laughs> Is that, you know what? Hunter was told yesterday he needed to get a job, man. He's got to get a J-O-B. That's what the judge told him. Is he going to go around with a shovel, plant all these trees? Hey, Hunter, is, is shovel ready? <laughs> ay, ay, ay. That's almost as funny as the fact that uh, that Gavin Newsom decided he was going to offer some help on this. Uh, Isn't that nice of him? Strike. I hadn't heard anything about this. Have oh, you? yeah. I mean, really. But uh, I, I, I mean, uh, in terms of the strike, since the nanny came out all hysterical, how she's being victimized, Fran Jesher, Drescher, by the evil, you know, studios. What's even more hilarious about it, Andrea, because I read the article, too. It's yeah. uh, they don't want his help. We, well, <laughs> <laughs> what was Gavin Newsom offering to do for them? He was going to broker, help broker a deal to restart the industry. Look, when Hollywood is saying, look, look, Governor Hairgel, stay out of our business. What does um, that tell you about his leadership? Yeah. Um, or it could or it could say that uh, that neither side really wants an end at this point. You know, it could be May that, not be wrong. It could be that we've got the equivalent of Russia and Ukraine where nobody's really since they're both sides are profiting off of the war, particularly Ukraine. Ukraine don't want any peace because they, they've got their hands in, in our in our pockets because Joe Biden is happy to have a cover up going on of the Ukraine crap. Uh, you know, it's it's basically, you know, a, a, a big bribery scheme with Zelensky. Uh, Zelensky, Zelensky's got the goods on Biden. So, you know, this way he, he's getting all of our taxpayer money. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this, with this strike. Um, I know that, um, supposedly somebody, Netflix had an ad today, supposedly for, to pay upwards of a million dollars, $900 a year for an AI person. And I don't know what that means. Is that well, here's some- what they want? Here's part of what is trying to be negotiated. So what some of the producers want to do is, let's say you're an actor, Andrea, um, and you work on a project. Well, then they want to take your likeness instead yeah. of being able to have you back and pay you and use AI to regenerate you to be able to use that. And then they don't have to pay Andrea K. Well, when I heard that part of the story i only heard it in reference to background extras not the lead actors themselves and background extra workers or what's called background are not sag they're not um yeah i don't i don't know how deep it goes i don't know if it's just for background or not yeah because you know the the um they're not union workers 
it used to be that if you did enough background work, you could then qualify to be a SAG actor. I think they removed that requirement. I don't think that AI is going to, although AI, I I don't think AI is um, something that a lead actor who who let's I don't even know who's like a a, a lead actor anymore. I'm I'm so out out of they don't really have actors like julia roberts anymore these days um i i i i think that the ai issue is more about the writers but it could be because if you think about the movement in hollywood away from leading actors the way they used to be even in the 80s and the 90s where a handful of men and a handful of women got all the top parts now it's like you could watch a bridgerton and it could be the number one series on netflix and you don't recognize any actor in it some of it's a little biased but i but i think i'm sincere when i say this i think the last leading man that is literally taking all the big action roles is tom cruise Right. We, we don't really have th- – th- give me the name of a leading actress that could, quote, open a film like Julia Roberts used to do in the in Oh, the she was 90s. in everything. We don't really have that caliber of A-list actors anymore because there's so many projects now, so many different outlets, so many talented people that these A-listers that used to open a film – and we also don't have movies like we used to have. We've got limited series now on Netflix. And Sandra Bullock, her movie on Netflix, Bird – what was it? Bird? Uh, Bird, Bird Box? Bird, Bird Box, I think it was. I know which one you're talking about. Um, you know, that wasn't ama- – that didn't play in theaters. I don't know. It, a lot of it has to do with the oversaturation. There's so many movies. Yeah. There's so much in stream that it's, yeah, it, it, it makes it to where you there's almost a, can't have that leading role. You Yeah. So I, I think the movie industry has changed so much that I think it's making it harder for some of these A-lister actors to ha- make some of these demands. And it's actually in some ways a good thing because now some talented people that would have never gotten a shot before, they have an opportunity to shine because they would have not even gotten an audition before because it went to like 10 people. And it was Meg Ryan. It was, you know, you know, that whole. And since then, things have changed. So I don't I don't know that I don't know that the actors and the writers have as much power as they used to have. Because the industry has changed, and in partly it's changed because of their wokeness. They've turned a lot of people off and turned out a lot of crap in the theaters that a lot of people didn't want to see. And then we also had the communist shutting down movie theaters, which moved a lot of stuff to streaming. So a lot of the issues for the actors is of their own creation. All right, tomorrow's Friday. We're going to have some fun. Bob Walters will be here. We'll continue the conversation. Follow us on all the socials. Don't forget the podcast. Email me at andrewkayshow.com. See you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.